But it's now time for the rural news with Monique Steele. Tinakwe Monique. It's six months since Cyclone Gabriel hit. How are farmers and growers getting on? Kia ora, Charlotte. Well, in the worst hit areas along the east coast, many farmers and growers are still in survival mode. Yummy Apples general manager Paul Painter says Esk Valley, Pakafai and Miani look as wrecked as they did in February. His company has 500 hectares of orchards, 120,000 apple trees in Esk Valley, which are gone for good, and elsewhere they're still removing silt from around tree trunks. He says they don't know if the exhausting work's a waste of time. Some people think they'll burst back into life. Uh, some people think that they'll die because a lot of them were, were underwater or, or the silt for a long time. The roots may have become asphyxiated. So we're basically clearing out every second row so we can kind of operate. And then we'll see how they come to life. I think we're more optimistic than we were uh, after the storm. Um, they look like they're going to come back to life, but who knows? Paul Painter says growers who have had a lot of damage are banking on getting good export returns so they can get out of the debt hole they've found themselves in. I think we've lost about $8 million worth of revenue. I think to replace the orchards that have been damaged it will cost at least $15 million. So it's a gargantuan sum for a family business. I mean, we're desperately crippled. Um, it'll be the rest of my career working out of this disaster. And uh, But, you know, there's, that's the only way forward. So we'll put our heads down and carry on. You don't have any choice. You kind of, you've, that's your life. Uh, and you've somehow got to, got to survive for another day. So people are living day by day. Um, Stu Kilmeister, a grower here, said in the paper the other day, if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I can't see it yet. And that's the way most people feel. Paul Painter says the government's financial packages are helpful, but with most growers in the industry over 60 years old, they're assessing if it's worth staying in the sector. Meanwhile, further north in Tolaga Bay, mixed cropping, horticulture and livestock farmer Mike Parker says they're slowly and painfully cleaning up silt and waiting for a forestry company to remove the slash that's been pushed into piles on the farm. He says in the past six months, the silt and mortgage repayments haven't gone away, finding labour has been difficult, and he has to begin planting the spring crops soon. Oh, the whole world, crop losses and all losses, yeah, we're, we're going to be probably be $800,000 out. It's huge, and, you know, we, we are going to need some sort of, you know, significant help, or it's going to be pretty grim. We've got the physical battle during the day, getting all the silt out and getting back to normal, then you, you're worrying about the finances, and it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it is hard. I don't know whether Hipkins and co are aware that their tax take is going to be zero or it's probably going to be refunding the coming year, so they're going to be billions down as well, but I don't know if they realise. It's looking pretty grim, really. Mike Parker says they will only survive if banks can offer interest rates at 1% or 2%, not the 7 or 8 that they are now. Flour millers are welcoming the move to fortify flour with folic acid in New Zealand-made breads. From today, all non-organic wheat flour used for bread making needs to have folic acid added to it. B vitamin folic acid reduces the chance of neural tube defects such as spina bifida, which can be life-threatening or cause lifelong disabilities in babies. New Zealand Flour Millers Association Secretary Andy Worrell says with plenty of notice, the industry is ready for the change. It has changed the processing. Um, it has meant additional uh, plant has to be acquired and the plant required to uh, to correctly dose flour with folic acid. We're working with the Ministry for Primary Industries on, on the process for doing that and we've worked very closely with them over the last, well, be 18 months to, to put, this, uh, put this all in place.
The Ministry for Primary Industries has granted $1.3 million to seven flour mills to support the change. Andy Worrell says the mills now have the infrastructure they need. Each mill has acquired its own separate plant that's now part of the production process. So each mill has, uh, has acquired that separately. So is that a costly kind of venture for the millers? It, it is very costly, but as I said, the Ministry have provided grant funding to do that. There's no financial benefit for uh, members of the association to fortify flour. This was a government-initiated uh, project, and the Ministry uh, kindly provided grant funding to fund millers to be able to acquire the plant to do this. So, yeah, we, we, we're all ready to go, and it's, it's happening from today. More than 80 countries, including Australia, the United States and Canada, add folic acid to flour. The company behind a methane-inhibiting feed supplement is conducting pasture-based trials as it prepares to enter the New Zealand market. Bovier, by Dutch company DSM Furmanich, reduces methane emissions from ruminant animals like cows and sheep by 30%, and it has been approved by the Environmental Protection Authority. But the feed additive, which has only been used in indoor farming systems overseas, needs separate approval from the Ministry for Primary Industries to be fed to animals here. A company spokesperson says they're getting close to applying to MPI, but they are running their pasture-based trials first. There's hope interest in using new wool-based products in the home will give the fibre a much-needed financial shot in the arm. Hawke's Bay's Wise Wool makes wool blanketing and wool knops, small fluffy balls used as a filler ingredient. Owner Henry Hansen told Nine to Noon they started with making wool insulation but quickly learnt it wasn't profitable. So they moved on to wool knops which can be used as stuffing for pretty much anything. Mr Hansen says they've been successful but the company is always looking for new products it can create with wool. What we need to do is invent something that uses a massive amount of wool uh, because there's millions and millions of kilos produced in New Zealand which is not earning what it should be. So we need a big product and that is our plan is to try and innovate to discover a new product. I can tell you we are very, very encouraged by one particular product which we are in full development at the moment and uh, we're really excited about it. We just need to tick a few more boxes before we can open the door on that one, but um, it's looking really cool. Henry Hansen says Wisewall has a big ambition of being able to pay farmers 7 or $8 a kilo to make it worthwhile for them to keep farming sheep. It's hoped a new national database will record the work being done to improve rural waterways and the impact it actually has on water quality. While farmers and catchment working groups are busy planting trees and fencing rivers, the results aren't always being measured. But the new Healthy Waterways Register will link actions done on land with the changes in water quality at monitoring sites across the country. Science lead Katarina During of the Cawthron Institute says there's been an information gap. We have a pretty good idea of the, the water quality across New Zealand in terms of whether it's getting better or worse for a set of um, measures or indicators. The, the problem is that we're not really sure why the water quality is getting better in many instances or getting worse. And this is because we're not recording any of the actions that are being done on land, where they are being done and how much of it is being done. And so without us having that information, we can't really link it to the water quality outcomes. And so for farmers particularly, you know, you kind of want to know that what you do on land really has an impact on the water quality in, in the rivers.
Katerina During says many farmers, catchment groups and volunteers are already busy doing improvement work. The register has been designed for sort of five key components that we want to record, which are the main ones that the communities across New Zealand are doing. So that is the stock exclusion, which is the fencing, the planting, wetland protection, erosion control, which is the the gullies, and planting of of poplar poles and farm management plans, and which have just been made compulsory, actually. Data from the register will be pulled over to the Land, Air, Water Aotearoa website later this year for a fuller picture of freshwater quality. And lastly, farmers are being urged to have their say on the new Mbovis eradication plan. Now the country has no infected farms, the 10-year eradication plan is moving into a new phase with a national pest management plan. Osprey, which runs the TB Free and National Animal Identification and Tracing programs, has been nominated as the management agency. The draft plan, which has just been released, has a set of 15 rules which formalise disease control activities and propose a levy to finance the remainder of the programme. Farmers have until September 25th to submit on the plan. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai te ra.